0: Well, you are listening to IBGR.news, IBGR.news. I never thought uh, the music was going to load there. Okay, so welcome to our show today. And this is a 30 minutes of news from around the world focusing on startups and fast growth companies. And uh, today it is, we are now focusing on the African and uh, European markets and North America. However, I do have some stories from India and from uh, Australia. So let's get started. You need to go to the website, ibgr.news, that is ibgr.news, and when you get there, I'll take you quickly through it. Now, if you're a regular listener of ours, just hang with me for about 30 seconds as I do that. As you come in, you can see at ibgr.news, uh, we have a pretty bold statement on there, but it's quite true. I just checked the web rankings yesterday. We are the number one business, uh, global business talk and news station. And right below that, you'll see a navigation bar, which will take you to all parts of the IBGR network. And um, so you want to know how we put those two together. The IBGR.news is the foundation of what we're doing. We provide news and information, as I said, for business owners, entrepreneurs, people in the gig economy. Then on top of that, we have the IBGR network, which provides insights and provides tools. So it's kind of a three, one, two, three, Uh, Step process to make sure that you have the information you need to make good decisions about how the company is running and Where you are taking it in the future now below that you can see our time schedule and that indicates uh, basically When we broadcast live now we have a partner in this we have startup radio or startuprad.io they're at the top of the hour as you can see and then we have the remaining 30 minutes they focus on the tech startup scene in europe our four reference cities are are sydney mumbai Uh, we use greenwich for all of europe and africa middle east and then we have new york for here now below that and of course we need to get started now Anham Rokas, the first panel pioneer in the new entry of venture capitalist, we did that story a couple days ago, good story about how things are changing. Now, if you notice, those of you small business owners going, what's all this talk with venture capital? Well, there's two things I want to do with that. Number one is, we report on it because I want to make that available to you, if in fact, that's where you're taking the business, if you want to grow the company, and let's say, uh, your aspirations are more than 10, 15, 20 million in size of your company, then at some point you're gonna to have to bring in capital. So we provide those stories to say there is definitely an avenue to go there. In fact, I've got a great one on equity crowdfunding in Australia. All right, so that also the thing here is that even if you don't intend to take your company large enough that you need to get the investment capital, one of the advantages that this has is that it's a different way of looking at. It's a different way of looking at the company. It really is, and what that means is that you have a, you have the opportunity uh, to stress test your company and do things with your company that typically uh, small business owners don't really contemplate. Okay, now, I don't mean that as a down, uh, as a downer. I simply mean that is that if it's not part of how you see the future of your business. A lot of times you will not think about it. But there's stress testing that goes with uh, bringing in venture capital that will make your business better regardless of what you do. So those are the two reasons. Okay, the first story I want to do is the next panel down. How to stay on top of your fast-growth business or fast-growing fast, fast growing business. Okay, and this is an article um, that we I came across today. And this is... This article is from Social Style Magazine, which I hadn't seen before, How to st- Stay on Top of Your Fast-Growing Business. All right, so let's, I'll read a little bit of it, and then we'll get into the details. Growth is paramount for every business, from space technology giants like SpaceX to your local fruit vendor. Uh, many angel investors and startup founders often herald fast growth as a KPI, KPI being a critical uh, performance indicator, for most investments. Uh, however, moving fast and breaking things, just like I apple did with the iphone has its challenges today you're dealing with acquaintances friends and family etc tomorrow your brand is known to millions worldwide who all want a piece right now with unplanned global coverage comes unending operational pressures having to tailor offerings to several market segments may result in corporate identity crisis this is why many u.s startups uh, get to see fast growth and end up folding. Now, what the article doesn't get into uh, very much is the, one of the major reasons that fast growth will kill a small business. Or even the large companies have the same problem is the structure of working capital. You grow beyond your capacity to fund it. Now, you would say to yourself, well, we're growing fast. The money is coming in. Here's what happens in fast growth. The velocity of money goes negative in that it's coming in slower than it's going out. And and you have to have enough capital, enough reserve money someplace that you may have to fund the growth for, for certainly 30 days, more like 60 or 90. And a lot of small businesses, you know, they get into 45 days on their accounts receivable. They have cash flow issues. Okay, so here's some of the recommendations. Number one is measure results regularly. All right, make sure that you're always on top of what's going on. Uh, I can't tell you exactly how you should do this. I know that I'm, I spend my Saturdays Looking at those numbers now. Is weekly enough? Uh, let's hope it is. Uh, let's hope that weekly is enough. But then again, it may not be. All right? And so then you're looking at it every day. But I, I make sure that I, once a week, I go through all the numbers and I take a look at what I really take a look at is cash flow projections. I know what my revenue recognition looks like. I know the time gap between a bill and invoice and I receive the money. I also know about the gap that exists there with payments going out. And so how many days of money do I have is typically the question. All right. The second one is hire competent people. Well, what more can be said about that? Because you can't do this by yourself. And most small business owners who are attempting to grow fast This is a challenge that they have, all right, because let's face it, nobody wants to fire people. Nobody wants to bring somebody in and then a month or two later go, you know what, I didn't do my job and I didn't forecast cash flow and I got to let you go. Uh, The rule of thumb I use is I have to have six months of money uh, allocated already uh, available to me before I hire somebody because it could take six months before the impact of their performance or the impact of my performance because the are doing tasks that I used to do, is there. On the other hand, you're going to have to take the leap, and so it's not about a warm body, it's about having both quantity and quality. Number three, use remote collaboration. Uh, absolutely essential because uh, one of the things you're going to do in fast growth is very quickly get to the point where there's things that you've got to do that are not core to the business and you're going to have to look for ways of either hiring to have it done, which was the previous comment, or I'm going to have to outsource it. And so if I'm going to outsource it, have some way of being able to collaborate with the people that you outsource to. Now, that's not even talking about dealing with customers remotely, because if you're not selling globally, you really need to be thinking about what you're doing. Uh, if everything is virtual and there's no reason why you don't have a line of products and services that you can sell um, basically around the world and the beauty of that is and where most business owners would like to be is that you wake up in the morning and there's thousands of dollars more in your account than there were there because somebody purchased something from someplace else okay and the last one is focus on profit and absolutely because ultimately business is about profit and if you don't have a profit then you basically, what are you doing? You know, at best, if you're paying yourself a check, but you don't have any profit in the business, at best, all you've done is created a job for yourself. All right, now, if that was your goal, not putting it down, but we're talking about fast growth here. Okay, going back to uh, IBGR.news. Uh, the next one I've got is the manufacturing sector activities moderate in August, constrained by COVID-19. And so we need to go down one Two, three. Now on the left-hand side, you'll see it, um, and it's a article from the Times of India. If you go ahead and open that up, now for those people in the Indian market, obviously, this is this is a pretty important story. On the one hand, on the other hand, is that for everybody else, I think this is true. And so, what this article is getting at is that though growth has taken place, growth has really moderated or got much, much softer uh, for. Uh, people in the market and so let's let's take a look at what's going on because this is not a bad news story of, of uh, India this is a good news story in that they're may ab- they're able to continue their growth uh, even though the COVID-19 at least uh, I guess it's the Delta variant now that is that is putting a wrench in it okay alright so let's take a look at the article here and of course this is a report so Take it for what it's worth. New Delhi, India's manufacturing sector uh, activities moderated in August as business orders and production rose at softer rates due to the pandemic and rising input costs. A monthly survey said on Wednesday today. I guess that was a couple hours ago. Now, if you go to uh, India. So the Seasonally Adjusted Index, this is the PMI. And what is that? Mar- uh, that is India Manufacturing Purchasing Managers. So Purchasing Managers is a good metric. I don't care where you are around the world. Is Every country will have some version of this because purchasing managers, people who run companies that take raw materials and turn them into either semi-finished goods or finished goods, is a great indicator of what's going on because their job is to do two things simultaneously. Number one, have the right resources at the right time. Not too much inventory. Uh, not you know They, they don't want to run out. They don't want too much. So they've got to practice just in time. And so what they have to do is balance what their purchases are and they have to take a look at what the economy is and so it's a it's a in, a, in an economy like right now it's a pretty tough role to have okay and so uh their index to, stood at 52.3 in august down from 55.3 in july indicating a softer rate of growth that was subdued and below long-run uh, long average okay Alright, so let me see here. So the August PMI data pointed to an improvement in overall operating conditions for the second straight month. Uh, in PMI parlance, a print uh, above 50 means exp- expansion and a score below 50 means uh, contraction. That's true universally, okay? So whatever PMI index you're looking at, you're basically zero, the way to look at it, 0 is 50 and anything above 0 is plus, anything below 0 is minus. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Okay, let me let me hit one more paragraph. We'll move on to the next story. August saw a continuation of the Indian manufacturing sector recovery, but growth lost momentum as demand slowed. Uh, showed some signs of weakness due to the pandemic, yet factory orders and output rose across the consumer intermediate investment good categories. Now, what this meant was that and. Uh, I'll just I'll just state what's in here is that what that meant, what that's led to is they've got more orders coming in and they're fulfilling them. However, they have froze hiring because what they didn't want to do is take on the additional labor costs, um, which could be dangerous. And so that's a decision that they've made. But the news is relatively good. Now, compare that to where you are in your country. And my guess is New Zealand can't say that. Australia can't say that. Um, I believe this is true about Europe and most of the African countries and North America. Uh, well, no, United States will leave uh, Will leave Canada out of this because I don't know what the hell's going on in Canada. I don't know if they do either. All right, now we go back to IBGR.news. Uh, now, as you scroll down, one of the things you're going to find here, uh, two things. One is there's going to be a receive the newsletter, a request for a subscription. And what that means is that twice a day, Just twice a day, you'll get an email from us saying the paper has been refreshed. This is an electronic newspaper that we run. And it is, we have a pretty tight algorithm for what stories we want. We try to stay away from politics. We try to stay, for the most part, away from world affairs. It's all about starting, growing, and exiting a business. It's all about small businesses and entrepreneurs. And it focuses on India, uh, Australia, the entire African, European uh united kingdom market and the fourth one is north america and so if you subscribe to that your email will only be used to give you an update we'll do nothing else with it so really receive the newsletter you'll get randomly selected stories that will come in and if you click any one of them you are back okay now we're having a fun day here because i actually got two panels side by side as you uh, click the load more. And by the way, that's the other feature here is that though it has 100 uh, stories, it does not put all 100 up. So you'll see load 61. That means the 61 are remaining, load them, but it won't load the whole 61. But on the other hand, we won't need any others today. Okay, so the next one is a better B2B buyer's journey. And if you'll go there uh, with me, or you just stay at the paper and I'll go ahead and read it. All right, and this is from uh, Kingpin Communications. Now, one of the things I liked about this There's nothing incredibly insightful about this. Uh, If you haven't heard it before, it's a a pretty good article. If you're on top of this, it's not. But this is a great example of information being provided that is really a promotion for a company. And so this is, um, I like what they did, and I want to highlight that because when we talk about marketing here at the IBGR uh, Network, This is what we're talking about when we're saying, what does marketing collateral really look like? Well, if you're going out there and you're putting out data, what you want to do is you want to educate customers, surround them with messaging to make them better consumers of what you do. And oh, by the way, perhaps they'll buy from you. Okay, so the B2B buyer's journey is changing. And this is probably this whole movement is probably a year old. The evolution of B2B business practice and changes in buying behavior are are converging to produce a new set of requirements for a buyer's journey that works more effectively for both the buyer and seller. Okay. All right. So what's the change here? All right. So the change is, all right, let's let's scroll here. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) We're having wonderful tech issues here. All right. Perhaps the most obvious force acting on the buyer's journey is the shift of focus to the buying team rather than the individual. Now, I can tell you 30 years ago when we were talking about this and how to run a proper uh, CRM, Customer Relationship Management Software, which, by the way, I'm still going to say to you, you need to be running an efficient CRM, is that you would have the target person that you're selling to, and then you would have who else is involved in the buying decision. And so it's not so much that this is a brand new thought, is that we're coming back to it, is that anybody who's been doing corporate sales for a while knows that you may have three, four, five people involved in this sale, just not your contact. Your contact may not have the authority in the organization to pull it off. So this has been driven by the adoption of ABM, which is account-based management. Okay, And so um, it's a focus on engaging as much of the buying team as possible rather than a key individual It requires you to get comfortable with the fact that there's going to be players you don't know in the buying process and so you've got to reduce reliance on your buyer what your buyer says i just had it happen the other day working with a small business owner we're bringing on some new hosts and he's gung-ho bum 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 well it turns out that his wife runs the business and I did not take her into account. Now I've got to deal with that. And the objection may be large enough that we, he does not join us, okay? And so I'm going to look at managing the entire buying environment. And I've got to do, got to do things that will, uh, you know, basically deal with everybody's expectations and what their role is. Uh, because, for example, if you're dealing with people in contracting, they don't really care, give a damn about anything. What they, You know what they care about? Is whether or not you follow their procedures for billing and payment and all that. And so you got that player. Then you got somebody else who may be running the department who's looking at the overall cost. So even though your purchase is wonderful and it's super right thing to do, the fact is that they're over budget. And so... Oh, let me see. So, okay. Um, the B2B phenomenon is uh, compounded by the B2C equivalent, okay? And so the B2C, uh, buyer to consumer, is higher buyer expectation driven by the buyer's experiences, consumers, and more millennial buyers in the buying process. Now, here, the, the word I want you to think about is uh, intuitive and mobile. Because we've got a generation of people now who have grown up with these appliances, these electronic appliances, and are used to things being simple. And if your process of engaging with you is not simple, and it's not simple based upon using a, a, a phone, a smart device, whatever you want to call it, um, you've got yourself into serious trouble because they will abandon the buying process immediately. And so people are not buying from you. That has nothing to do with the quality or the price point for your product or service. Is that you made it too difficult for them to actually make the purchase? You can bemoan that fact, but it is the facts. Okay, so let's move on to the next story, and uh, the next story is right by, right next to it, and probably the one that I find the most intriguing. Right. So, uh, that story right next to that is going to be uh, here we go, and that is. A new way Australia's female founders are fundraising millions. Now, this could be a story about women's access to capital, which has always been a challenge. Some countries, uh, I would say Europe, North America, Australia, New Zealand. This is not as difficult because there there is not as many cultural, social issues involved. But if you're in India, you're in in Africa, I work in Africa for the United Nations. This is a huge challenge. Okay, so let's check this out. All right, when entrepreneurs um, Melanie Leahy and Elise Alexander decided they wanted to ba- uh, build a dating app, they knew they wanted to use equity qu- crowdfunding to make it happen. Equity crowdfunding, stick with me here. The pair's dating app is Zickle. Uh, yeah, Zinkle. Zinkle, I, that's it. Offers the usual swipe and chat functions, along with a feature allowing users to scope out potential venues where other singles are mingling now they're looking to raise money through equity crowdfunding to take it to the masses all right so they've they've added a couple features so what they've done is they've, they've they're basically coming in with some optimization and in other words they're taking an offer they don't have to tell anybody what this offer is there's plenty of online dating apps so you're adding features equity crowdfunding is a weight of unlisted companies meaning you're not traded on any exchange um to raise money to launch and grow a business. In a similar way to crowdfunding, interested parties can choose to put money in to support a project's growth. By putting money into equity crowdfunding, investors also gain part ownership of the business and the opportunity to make returns with the investment. Uh, Zinkel is currently accepting uh, expressions of interest from investors on equity crowdfunding uh, platform, uh, Birchow with two with the two hoping to raise between half a million and one million dollars all right for Leahy and Alexander the appeal the appeal of equity crowdfunding lies in the ability to raise capital but also to create a pool of engaged Zinkle users and that's a key point here that they can call on to test the app when they're building and improving it now your other option is that you do crowdfunding about a particular product or service offer and so these are prospective customers investing in a solution that they need. And then that basically is that either they get a, uh, based upon their investment level, they either get the product or service for free because they basically paid for it up front, or they get it heavily discounted or they get it first. But here's the thing I want to say to you as I close this out, and we go on to the last story here in our remaining few minutes, is look at equity crowdfunding as an alternative to angels and to venture capital. The reason I say that is, and it's probably true here as well, but if you're looking to grow the company to very big, you're going to have to have money at some point. You just simply can't grow from cash uh, long term. Not when you when not when you see a market opportunity that's going to require you to invest. A half a million to a million dollars like the story is talking about uh, you don't you can't do that from sales you uh, more than likely you will not have generated enough sales to do that and so you wind up doing a piecemeal while the opportunity may go away or somebody else takes advantage of it okay now the, the last story I want to do and we need to go down and what we're looking for is uh, the economy may grow at double-digit rates and this is times of India so get out one panel uh two panels right in the middle and that's right next to a picture of uh uh Chairman Z here at uh in China where it says China's divorce from capitalism steals joy from stocks. And uh, I'm, China never was capitalistic, so there's no divorce here. The the veil is down. If you open up the last one, the economy may grow this is also some good news for my friends in India and so look at this and, and this article is also the previous article by the way was from Yahoo Finance and this one is also from Times of India and uh, if it ever loads on time <laughs> yeah you know what you know I love the internet and I love everything we're capable of doing except when the internet ain't working Hey, economy may grow at double digit rates okay and so, Chief Economic Advisor, and this is coming out of New Delhi, uh, Krishnamurthy Sumerian on Tuesday indicated that the Indian economy may grow at double-digit rates while maintaining that a withdrawal of stimulus in several countries may not have a significant impact given that India's macroeconomic financials are strong. Now, stop there. That paragraph says a ton about India. So what, number one, they're saying is that the Indian economy is going to grow, and the reason it's going to grow double digits is because it has developed, one, a good domestic market, so it does not have to export, a challenge that China has not mastered yet, and it has to do with China's decisions about what economic models that they are, that they are using, okay? Growth will be higher at a pre-COVID level. Also, the other thing I want to say about that paragraph before we move on is that that also expresses how much venture capital is coming in. Now I'm going to go down because I'm just about out of time. All right. So the economic survey has projected 11% GDP growth during the year while the budget estimate is 10.5. So let me tell you, if you're getting double-digit growth in an economy of that size, that is good. That is not good. That is awesome. friggin' news. All right. So with that, I greatly appreciate you listening. I think my time is up for today. I will be back. In 11 and a half hours, yeah, I'll be back in 11 and a half hours, and uh, in 11 hours, we will have a Startup Radio talking about uh, the tech scene in Europe, and then following that their 30-minute segment, we will now be back on the air live from our studios in North America, and what we'll be doing is we'll be looking at what is out there on the news right now. We'll be chasing down our algorithm and going, okay, what do we have available to us right now? And so those are the stories. So what I want to say is I greatly appreciate everybody who has got on the bandwagon. Please subscribe to the, to the newsletter so that we can send you this information. We are building a news bureau here, um, and so we can keep up with our title of the number one global business talk and news network. And the reason we say that is when we look at the web rankings in terms of hits on sites, we are number one. Uh, we're not anywhere close to where Wall Street Journal is, Bloomberg. Um, Yahoo Finance, uh, BBC, or any of the other organizations because those are mass media organizations who are in the internet market. We are a radio station, IBGR stands for International Business Growth Radio, we are a radio station. We simply use the internet as our broadcast tower. Thanks for being with us. Go nowhere, we start a great day today, Uh, excuse me, we're finishing a great day today on marketing, sales, and service. So with that, go nowhere. See you in 11 and a half hours. This is Eastman, out.